information. Just check out the free stuff. All of the above are very much appreciated. Thank you. You'll get more videos if you use an old school computer and just enable the Adobe plugins. It's free to do that. The videos will automatically start playing for you that way. You can also scroll down and click on the blue charms and say mobile movie and that'll be a clue for you that that's a movie you can watch on your mobile device. So um, you can check all that out. I appreciate it. You can also check out the Naked Truth uh, or the Living Water Chapel pages there on my site and get an idea of what we do here on the Naked Truth and that is go over another side of me, the spiritual side of me, the side of me that I believe exists in everyone um, whether you believe it or not, whether you neglect it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, it's there. Um, so anyway, that's what we do here. And we, I'm a Christian. I identify as a Christian. And I believe that means Jesus, who it's named for, should get the last word on any given topic. It, particularly if he covered the subject and, as we believe, gave his life to bring us the message. So where we left off is the book of John. And um, the thing I thought was important, uh, the message I thought was important about this passage is, again, it points to the significance of uh, red letter Christianity. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. So Jesus is giving us an example there of what happens when you're Christian in name only and don't actually have any of the Christian heart that's supposed to go with it. You get cast out, you start to dry up and wither, and then you end up burned meaning in hell and we went over hell in last reading in Luke 16 where it turns out when people die according to Jesus there's no mention of you meeting God at that moment he's not mentioned at all and there's no mention of heaven either that people even go there but there is a hereafter mentioned there and what happens to the souls after that so it's interesting how churches will change all of that and make it say whatever they want it to say but again, you should focus on what Jesus actually said. Many times it's very different than what people actually tell you it is. Um, or what you may even believe he says. It's very different. Um, so anyway, that's what happened in the last one. In the last reading in, Luke 15, in John 15. So now we're going to pick up in John 16. If you'd like to read along with me. Uh, and either way, be blessed. So here we go. Luke, um, I keep saying Luke because we just read that. Sorry. John chapter um, 16. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. So Jesus is saying his words are there for us to, to be able to walk the straight and narrow and not fall along the way. Because if you do pay attention to the dogma that churches put out there, that your own biases may sprinkle in on into things, if you do that, it's very easy to stumble off the way that you're supposed to go and the right path. And he's saying that's what his words are meant to do. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, they, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. So he's letting them know they're not going to be popular. Their message is not going to be popular. Christianity truly is not as popular as you may think it is. There are people who go to churches and call themselves Christians. But the whole time they're there, they may not even hear one single word of what Christ actually ha even has to say. And then that's just the beginning of the brainwashing of being socially indoctrinated into whatever and just believing whatever it is you're told rather than the truth. And it's sad, but it's it ends up being blind cattle. 
And these things they will do to you because they've not known the Father nor me. So he's letting them know they don't actually know God at all, even though they claim to be the ones with the religious authority. He's saying they don't know God and they don't know him either. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may, excuse me, remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. So Jesus is letting him know time's coming when he's going to separate, when they're going to be separated, meaning the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension, and now, where we are now, where we don't have physical access like they did, um, at least like they did for a time. They also got to go through what we did of missing him and not having them, having, having him right there with them. And having to use their faith just like we have to rather than have having the uh, benefit of access to him physically like they did. Um, so he, Jesus is letting them know that's the point of what he's telling them so that they'll remember. And then by them remembering that's how through the oral tradition is passed down. And then we have the Bible as it is this day. Which again is the whole Bible is not the word of God even though it's labeled that way it's not the the entire thing is not the word of god there are plenty of parts of it that are clearly not godly um clearly uh, the slavery stuff clearly not godly why would god want you to enslave anyone else um that doesn't fall under love your neighbor as yourself clearly that's not godly that's something humans has set up and keep alive to this day because believe it or not slavery is still legal even the united even in the united states that's how come prisons are so full of people mainly namely black people yes white people outnumber black people in prison but that's only because the population is larger that's where the whole per capita thing comes in where even though there are more white people in prison or even though there are more white people who die each year from gun violence or violence or whatever you want to say uh, even police violence the per capita means if there are all if there are 100 people in case you just don't understand and we can get go back to this in case you don't understand what per capita means percentage means percent meaning 100 so if you take 100 people and uh 12 12 of them are black because that's 12 13 are about the population of the united states and um if you say uh, three out of four times when the police use violence, guns or murder, lethal violence, it's a black person. It won't take long before all those 12 in the in the hundred are dwindled down. So that lets you know, even though, yes, 10 of the white people may get gunned down too by the police. If eight of the black people get gunned down, that's a larger portion of that 12 or 13 of the original 100. Just so you have an idea of what it means per capita percentage if you want to just get a basic idea of how unjust things are. And he's saying, um, anyway, Jesus is saying here, he's telling them these things so that they'll remember. And by them remembering, they did end up being martyred. But by them remembering, we have the gospel as it is this day. Um you know in what form it exists anyway the form that's been edited for us to see because if you don't in case you don't know it there are books that didn't make it into the bible and there are versions of the books that did make it into the bible that were edited or left out altogether um and are still not accessible to everyone but some people do just in case you don't know 
But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you're going. So Jesus is letting him know he's getting ready. He knows what's what he's facing, and that they're all so distracted by everything he said to them so far that they're not even asking where he's heading to. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So he's saying they're so distracted by the fact that he's going to be gone that they're um, sorry that they're um, that they don't understand. They don't even understand enough to ask him where he's heading to. Not to say, okay, where well, are you going to heaven? Or are you going to hell? Or what is, what is it you're going to do um, that we're supposed to believe you, be, believe in you after you leave us instead of just staying here with us? Um, so they're kind of bewildered. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Jesus is letting know, letting us know the part of his mission of him coming to let us know about what's right and wrong and salvation. That's the mission of him coming right then. That was what he was sent to do. That was his part. But that there's another part to that for the time and the people and the generations to come after that between then and when he comes again. Um, that the Holy Spirit will be doing the work and that would be bringing to their remembrance so that we can have the uh, the Gospels here today uh, but also um, uh, well he, he's going to get into it so he's letting them know his part of the mission of coming and fulfilling the crucifixion and, and bringing the message the Gospel namely the Gospel the words themselves to us being the messenger that part was what he was meant to do uh, with this part not to end uh not to end slavery not to end poverty not to end oppression not to end injustice not at all instead to offer to us to let us know this is what's actually right this is what's actually wrong and you actually have the choice in heaven god's will is done in earth we have to pray god's will that's done in heaven also happens here on earth that's in the lord lord's prayer itself so let's us know that what god's will is not what god's will is not what is necessarily going to prevail here on earth without our intervention without our taking part in it without our faith Otherwise, it doesn't necessarily happen. That's why Jesus tells us to pray for it when he gives us the Lord's Prayer, for example. Um, so anyway, let's see. Um, he's letting them know that the Helper, that's another way uh, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, is what will be uh, at work after he's done his part. That's what's sort of the next chapter. Let's see. And when he will, when he's come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So this lets us know. This begins to let us let us know what the work of the Holy Spirit truly is. And I don't think right. Well, we'll see what he says it is. Because when you think of people in the spirit, you may think of people saying, "Oh, they're speaking in tongues," or they start convulsing and sort of things that the shows people put on in churches. And I'm not saying it's not real. Um, um, but that's just saying uh, that's what you may think of when people say they're uh, feeling the spirit excuse me so now Jesus is going to give us uh, let us know what in truth that really is about uh, what being in the spirit truly is and when he has come he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment he's going to explain this of sin because they do not believe in me 
So he's letting them know, if you don't believe in Jesus, then the sins you commit are going to end up convicting you. Because Jesus came to set us free of the sin, offer us a not only let us know what the sin is and what actually is sin and what is not sin so we get set free in that sense too because people will tell you something sinful all day but can't actually point to where jesus himself actually said it they can tell you their church says it so it's not right or they think it's wrong and that their people are entitled to their opinions but when it comes to your salvation your soul it should matter what Jesus actually says. And if you're a Christian, well, it should matter anyway, but particularly if you're a Christian and trying to figure out what the right is, he's letting us know yeah, um, the first thing that uh, the Spirit will convict people of is sin, and it's because they don't believe in him. Um, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. So he's letting us know that the first thing he'll let, let the, the spirit will do is let you know what's wrong. That's the sin. Then he'll let you know it's right. That's the uh, of righteousness. So the spirit's gonna let you know. Okay, that's the right thing. Thing. Oh, okay, that's the wrong thing to do. The spirit's gonna guide you in that sense, letting you know right from wrong. Um, in Christ, in the sense of Christianity, in the sense of God's eyes, what's right and wrong. Um, uh, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged now he doesn't define exactly what he means when he says the ruler of this world because uh, he could be saying um, well the ruler of this world is just I mean he could be saying he's saying the ruler of the world in the sense of the devil has power of over what's going on in the world at that point but he never says that throughout his teaching so i don't think he's pointing to the devil so i think he must be pointing to the ruler of this world i don't know i don't know who um, he could be saying himself that he's the actual ruler of the world and they're passing him through judgment i guess that could make sense oh that i guess that's how it would make sense he's saying of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged he's saying He's the ruler, and they're passing him through judgment. And he's a righteous ruler. And going, it'd be like them taking Jesus, who's done all the right things, through an impeachment trial, like the like the president, who's done objectively just about all the wrong things, at least for um, the American people in general. He's done the right thing for himself in many cases. So, um, but for people in general, and especially the coronavirus. Clearly, objectively, he's done the wrong thing thing uh, again and again and again. His own brother just passed away. And although they haven't said what from, he's younger than the president. And he was going around without masks just like the president. So it wouldn't surprise me. But um, anyway, it, um, you have here, Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit is going to be to let you know uh, what's truly sin, what's truly righteous, um, and what um, um, and of judgment convict you of judgment because if the world has the nerve to uh, pass judgment on the one who's come doing the healing bringing the message basically shooting the messenger Jesus um, then he's saying then in that same sense the uh, spirit's work is going to be passing uh, convicting the world of judgment also of 
right judgment and wrong judgment of letting you know, okay, you chose the wrong thing, you're convicted of it, and you're going to know it. So it, so to, to let you know inside you that, okay, that was the wrong thing to do. That sort of feeling. It seems like that's what Jesus is pointing to, how you can know it in yourself. I saw many things to say to you, but cannot, but you cannot bear them now. However, okay, so Jesus is saying this is just the beginning of what he's trying to tell us and what he has to say to us, but it's so uh, profound, it's deep, <laughs> that um, it'd be too much for them. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he is, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So he's letting them know that that's how the Holy Spirit actually works. It um, Once they receive it, because he's actually told them, um, well, he's, there's going to be a point after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, where he tells them to receive the Holy Spirit. So let's you know they hadn't received it yet. And then even at the Pentecost, there's, that's when they um, there's like a physical sign of them receiving the Holy Spirit. Um but Judas will be long dead by then because he'll have committed suicide. But he's still among the twelve at this point. So does that mean Judas is already not in heaven? Because like I said, when we went over Luke sixteen, they don't. There's, heaven's not mentioned there when people pass away. So most likely he entered that cycle or whatever, however that exists. Excuse me. Anyway, so Jesus is saying when the Holy Spirit is at work, what will happen is revelations will happen. That will happen. When you walk in the Spirit, you'll receive revelations. And um, it won't be, uh, apparently it'll be, he's saying it won't be speaking on his own authority, but a spirit of truth. So guiding us into all truth. So it lets you know to cut through a lie and not fall for the fake news stuff um, and even tell you things to come so that's truly like revelation like a prophetic revelation he's saying when you walk in the spirit those sort of revelations will come to you and you'll just know them and then they'll probably reveal to everyone else he will glorify me for he will take up what is mine and declare it to you so he's saying the whole work of the Holy Spirit is going to be all about Christianity and glorifying Christ and um, taking what Christ has, which he's the ruler of the world. So taking what he has and declaring it to us. So the truths I think he would be saying um, about what's sin, what's righteousness, what's what's right and what's wrong. That's he's going to reveal those sort of truths to us along the way about the different issues that pop up in life. And sort of bring them to our remembrance. He will glorify me. For he will take up what is mine. And declare to you. All things that the father has are mine. Um, therefore I say that he will take up mine. And declare it to you. So he's saying. Uh, God the father has all. Jesus thereby has all. And he's saying. And in having that all. He's going to share all of that knowledge. That opening that truth with you. Now, of course, if even a little bit is being too much for people to take, then it wouldn't make sense to reveal the big picture because it'd totally be beyond comprehension. So maybe it's like a little bit at a time or even as we're able to accept it because some people are able to accept it. Particularly, I think of people who are special needs, autistic and ADD and so those sort of developmental um, um, 
diagnoses, people who have those, have that sort of ability perhaps to tap into and completely openly and accept the a bigger picture idea than people who claim to be using all their senses. Um, so anyway, um, he's saying the spirit's going to be, that's going to be the work of the spirit revealing the truth so that we can walk in the truth and not be distracted by a lie. Um, let's see. A little while and you will not see me. And again, a lot, a little while and you will see me because I go to the father. So Jesus is letting them know a break is coming. It's going to be a little while. He's saying very soon, talking about the crucifixion and they're not going to see him. He's going to go through the trial, which we're going over uh, Saturday nights uh, with the readings there, uh, the trial that didn't make it into the Bible of the different witnesses and different things that happened during the trial of Jesus. Um, so anyway, he's uh, letting them know a break is coming and um, and then uh, another break is going to come and he's saying and he's because he's going to the Father. And again, that lets you know the first break, the crucifixion, he didn't go to the Father then. Um, it wasn't until after the resurrection that he end up, ends up actually going to the Father. So again, when preachers tell you to be absent from the flesh as the present with the Lord, not according to Jesus, there's no mention of him going to God until after the ascension. And even in Luke 16, there's no mention of God there at all when both Lazarus and the rich man passed away. So you can believe what you want to. You can believe what a church tells you. You can believe what a preacher tells you. But Jesus is letting you know directly that's not what happens. That's not what he says. Um, so um, then some of his disciples said among themselves, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. And because I go to the Father. So they're wondering, what is he talking about? What's a little while? What does he mean? The disciples are sort of questioning this among themselves. They said, therefore, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he's saying. So they're wondering. Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. And he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves? About what I said a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me. So he's saying, is that what you're wondering about? So it lets you know he's able to read minds because he's not overhearing them saying it. He's able to pick up on that's what they're talking about. Um, Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you'll be sorrowful. But your sorrow will be turned into joy. So he's letting them know your hard times are headed your way. And he's saying... um, but at some point, you're going to rejoice about it. It's going to end up an occasion for rejoicing for you. But don't forget, there's a hard time at it their way. Um, but it, even before them, I don't think he's talking about the, the martyrdom that they're going to experience yet. He's talking about his own crucifixion and the scattering and the betrayals and the suicides and all that that surrounded his own crucifixion, not even their own, the, the things they'd face after he was resurrected. So at this point, I think he's still pointing to the crucifixion and why they're going to be sorrowful and upset to see it happening and watching the world rejoice at it happening. Um, but he's letting them know, don't worry, he's going to turn it all around to their, to their joy. Excuse me. A woman, when she's in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. 
But as soon as she's given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So he's giving us a, giving um, us a, an example that humans can understand physically. That yeah, a woman gets uh, she goes through it when it's time to give birth. Generally, if she has any snugness at all, or, or particularly it's a first birth, and if she's giving birth naturally and not like a C-section. But even with a C-section, because to, when you know it's time, you still get those um, the um, spasms or whatnot, the contractions. So he's saying that's how it is for when it happens. It's a painful time. It's a sorrowful time when it happens. But it's happening for a cause. Um, and um, afterward, after the birth, you rejoice because you gave birth. You uh brought life into the world he's saying similarly a hard time is going as ahead for them but at the end of it uh they'll rejoice therefore you now have you now have sorrow but i'll see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you so he's letting them know it's coming um you're gonna be upset it's gonna be uh hard for you he's like but don't worry he's gonna turn it around and then you're gonna rejoice and it's gonna be through the roof rejoicing and that day you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So he's letting them know there that even after that after that whole resurrection and ascension and when he separated from them uh, the second little while, because remember he said a little while and you'll not see me and again a little while and you will see me. He's letting them know after that second break, the bigger longer break, at that point it'll be a more direct relationship with um their with our walk not just theirs our walk with uh god i believe that's what he's saying and in that day you'll ask me nothing most surely i say to you whatever you ask the father in my name he will give you so he's saying at that point they're going to be praying to god the father rather than praying to jesus now it doesn't say you can't also still pray to jesus but he's letting them know in that day that's what they're going to be doing they're going to be praying to god um and God's going to be granting what they need um, in his name. So letting us know, I believe, letting us know that's the example for us how to pray. Um, pray in Christ's name. Whether you're praying, praying to Jesus or praying to God, pray in Christ's name. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So uh, I've said that before. I think in the last reading we went over about how uh, it's not... Um, for people who don't even believe in God, believe that there's a possibility of um, a plurality of existences where you can exist here, but also exist in other places, even at the same time, or even in the same place, but in a different space at the same time in dimensional speak. Um, and again, those are people who don't believe in God at all necessarily, but believe in astrophysics and that sort of thing. Not even metaphysics, actual physics believe that that's a possibility. So um, anyway, I think that's what Jesus is pointing to here, that um, you may not receive it. You, you may not you may not realize the things you receiving uh, you're receiving when you ask for them here but it's very possible in another existence in another dimension you're receiving it that way in that sense it could be true but it could also be true in a sense where you may and it may be true in that place because you have the faith to back it up or other elements are there to back it up and make it come into fruition whereas in the existence where you are now and i know this sounds out there 
but I'm just saying it's a way to consider it. Um, but you may not have the faith to back it up here in this existence where you're asking for it. So even though you receive it, you don't receive it in this existence because we don't have the faith to back it up or some other element. It may not be the faith at all. It may be other elements at work um, in the world. As Jesus has said in another place, the earth, the earth yields crops by itself. Things can happen in the world. Issues spring up in the world on its own that can affect people's belief and their uh, walk and what happens along their path as well. Beyond what's in your faith and um, beyond your own control in whatever dimension or realm you're in now, but not necessarily in another. So this is another way to think of it when he says asking you to receive because it may seem like there's times, I know there's times I've asked for things and it doesn't, I haven't received them yet. I'll say it that way. Or they have not been realized for me to re be received yet. Um, so uh, that's one way to consider it of that way, that being true. And again, that's not, it sounds out there, but again, it's not by Christians. It's not by people even necessarily believe in God. It's by physicists who believe that, um, that whole plurality. And you can search it yourself and see. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but a time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. So um, if you don't know what figurative language means, it means... Um, It'd be um, saying, oh, wow, suddenly it just escapes me an example that would work. Um, it'd be, oh, it, I guess like if you say someone was ice cold, it doesn't mean they're actually, their temperature is cold. It means they're, um, they're they have a unfriendly disposition. So it's, it's along those lines of saying the same thing in a different way. But he's saying here, he's not going to do that anymore. He's not going to give them parables. He's not going to give them um, sort of nursery rhymes to help them understand. He's not going to um, try and um, uh, water it down to help them make it clear to them anymore. He's going to just lay it out on the line for them plainly. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. So Jesus is saying, letting us know that the time is coming, excuse me, when prayers to God are going to be prayed in his name, and he's going to, he's, uh, well, he'll go further, he's going to tell us here. Um, and I did not say to you that I should pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you've loved me, and I believe that I came forth from God. So Jesus is saying that whole middleman situation that they're used to through their religion of having to go through a high priest who then goes through a veil, and that's who approaches God for you. That whole thing is ending. And again, like I said in the last reading in Luke 16, if you um, search yourself, the whole Pharisees and Sadducees, you'll be surprised what it says. I was surprised to see it anyway that that whole tradition of rabbis ended in 73 AD. So that was a fulfillment of something else Jesus said. Even though there are offshoots of it that exist today, there are very, very few that still go through the whole tradition of making blood sacrifices, animal sacrifices, and all of the things that are laid out in the Old Testament. Very few still do that. And there's not an ark, at least there's not a well-known Ark of a Covenant that's still being made and done today. 
or the whole veil, all of that's gone and it ended in 73 AD, of course, if you want to search and see. Although, like I said, there are derivatives of it that exist today. Um, so Jesus is letting us know that a time is coming when you're going to pray to God directly. The whole middleman is going to be eliminated and you're going to just pray in Christ's name. And it's going to be enough. For the Father himself loves you because you've loved me and I believe that I came forth from God. So he's saying your faith in Christ, our faith in Christ, is going to be enough. Not having to go through a priest or any other middleman to get to God. The faith and belief in Christ is going to be enough to approach God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So Jesus is saying it very plainly to them, let them know. He came from God. He's done his thing. He's let us know what he needed to. And he's on his way out, headed back to the Father. Um, making it very clear to them, you know, no more parables. Making it clear to them, that's where he came from. That's where he's going, and it's about to happen. His disciples said to him, see, now you're speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now, we, now we're sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came from forth from God. So they're letting them know now we believe. You read our minds. You know what was on our mind. What we were questioning this whole little while that you were talking about. And in knowing that without us even telling you. Jesus was able to let them know. This was what's on your mind. What I was, the little while that I mentioned. And the little while that I mentioned is going to God the Father. Moving on from this world. And that it's right there at hand and about to happen to you. And that, that from then on, you're going to be to reach me, to text me, to call me, to email me, to get to me. You're going to do it in Christ's name. That's how you're going to reach him. His disciple, um, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? So he's like, after all that you've seen, that's what it took for you to believe, for me to just tell you that. He's like, after all the miracles, after everything I've done and been through, after all they've walked through now they believe so then he's able to perceive there that their faith has been uh, affirmed there that apparently that's what it took for humans to believe indeed the hour is coming yes has now come that you'll be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone and yet i'm not alone because the father is with me so that's a huge statement there a couple of things jesus says there that wow now you finally believe and now that you finally believe you're about to be scattered so it's like when you finally get to that point when you finally get what it is you've been waiting on and been anticipating it's almost like you see someone you're interested in and you build it up in yourself and build it up and build it up and build it up and imagine and daydream and finally meet the person and um, when you finally get to meet them it's over however it ends it's over so he's letting them know that they're at that point that now that they, their faith is finally affirmed they finally realize who he is and what he is and what he's about to do and what his mission is it's over he's done and um but he's letting them know also something huge there that even though he's left alone and that made that's a huge message to people who may be dealing with depression or suicidal thoughts or just a loner in general and i know these those feelings that um that you aren't really alone at all if you are if, again like he says if you lean on his word if you lean on christ and let that holy spirit be your guide into what's right what's wrong what's sin and what's righteousness and the way to go and not and let not let those other voices and things drown it out 
in that sense, then you're not really alone. But instead, God is with you. Same thing with Jesus letting them know they're going to betray him. They're going to leave him there. One of them is even, at least one is even going to, two are going to betray him. And uh, others are going to um, just, um, what's it called when you, um, they're going to scatter. They're going to leave him. They're going to desert him. That's the word. All the rest of them, the men, are going to desert him. And those are the people who have walked with him and saw the miracles. So he's letting them know all those things are right there at hand, even though you finally believe in me. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you... Um, so, okay, so he's saying here in the world, they'll have tribulation. I don't want to read that because you don't want to say that for yourself. You don't, I wouldn't want to necessarily declare, I don't want to declare that I'm going to have those in the world. But he's letting you know in the world you're going to have that, um, those tribulations. Uh, let's see. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So he's letting you know, letting them know. What's to come for them is hard times. They're going to struggle. They're going to um, go through some tribulations. But he's letting them know, don't worry. He's already overcome that. It'd be nice if we get to overcome it too. Um, but he's letting them know he's overcome it. So maybe he's letting them know that maybe part of what they're going to struggle with is that he's going to be crucified and dragged, basically. But he's letting them know, don't worry, even though that happens to him. Even though they're going to put him through all of that. He's already overcome the world, so don't um, don't let it bother them, which is huge. Who would have the heart to be able to do that, to know that they're facing something that the people who you're going to go through it for are going to betray you and desert you, the men anyway. The women remain faithful um, to, to Jesus through the crucifixion and even after, but the men scattered. Um, so that shows you had the real nerve, the real cojones, the women did. Um, but he still did it anyway, even knowing they were going to betray him and desert him. And so he's letting them know, don't let that bother you. Still, um, he's already overcome the world. The fact that they're going to crucify him, don't let it. As hard, hard as it is for them to deal with, as hard as it would have been to see, he's letting them know, don't let it uh, bother you. He's already overcome. So that actually ends this reading. I appreciate you checking it out. I hope you'll join me again. It's Wednesday, so that's we do John and Luke. On Monday, we have Matthew. And on Saturday night, just after midnight, early Sunday mornings, we have our Greg Grab Bag Gospel, where we're going over right now the Acts of Pilate, which include the trial of Jesus, which didn't make it into the Bible, and the different witnesses and things that happened along the way. I appreciate you checking me out and hope you'll join me again. In the meantime, wash your hands, wear your mask. Love your neighbor, and God bless you. Thanks again. Peace. And for those who need it, love.